podcast about the things people love to hate, hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yeah, feels good to just have you back, Shelby, and me <laughs> not have you. to try to remember that every week. <laughs> you know, the secret is I have it written down in my notes, so I just read it. <laughs> so you don't have it memorized I don't. after all this time. I know. Wow. I mean, wow, push comes to a- shove, I probably could recite it, but I get nervous when I try to go off off book and i'm like what if i mess it up so i just it's my crutch well thank goodness you're not in the theater as they say (laughs) because not being able to remember the one line you have (laughs) is really tricky yeah well i mean my brain is just running on like three hours of sleep a night so it's like hard to you know yes 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 we know you have (laughs) a baby baby. she's very cute whatever But I'm glad uh, we get to do this this week, which is our sort of winter roundup of um, what we've been able to consume over the holidays. And usually I I can keep up with you. I feel like this time it'll be mostly you talking about everything you've done in your free time and I'll have like five things. But I I probably have just forgotten all the things I've watched, honestly. So Yeah, I mean, I feel like we did this last year too, sort of, because... When you're, you know, just sitting around or whatever Mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. in those like couple of weeks and also everything comes out like there was so (laughs) much stuff that was dropping and you like on I was making a list today and I was like, oh, my gosh, I've watched a lot more things than I thought I had because I (laughs) you like forget you're like, oh, yeah, that was a thing I watched, you know, all of the Mandalorian tried to block that from my mind. (laughs) So you know lots to lots to cover briefly just sort of yeah, like a little a like little watch tasty. this don't watch yeah. that that's bad yeah we're not gonna do a full episode on any of and any of this but Which we're gonna too bad yes well um, is some it though because a lot of it is <laughs> you know well, honestly wanna... some of this stuff it's lucky it's getting any airtime at all yeah no that's fair but i want to start with my highlight because it's really the only movie i I was able to sit through and I went to the theater to do it and it was oh. a wonderful experience. But I um I watched Promising Young Woman, which I don't know if you've gotten around to seeing. I haven't. I'm so oh. annoyed. I can't oh wait. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I won't spoil anything because it's just an absolute it's just so good. <laughs> this is the one that was supposed to come out like way earlier this year, right before yes. and then COVID happened. They pushed it back. Um, people have been sitting on their reviews for months and months. And then as it was announced that it would be coming out on Christmas Day, uh, the word of mouth was just praising it. This is directed by it's a it's a directorial debut by Emerald Fennell, who I think is famous, who's most well known for her role in the crown. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she's, she's Camilla. Oh, yeah. She's the young Camilla. And um, it stars Carrie Mulligan. It's sort of this like dark comedy slash really dark drama. And <laughs> it's it's just really good and really thought provoking and kind of provocative and um, obviously deals with a lot. The premise is about this woman who has a lot of female rage around rape culture and just her working through that. And I really won't give any details because I think it is worth the watch and right now it's only in theaters but i think it's coming to to vod in the next few weeks i think and it's definitely worth like 20 30 dollars whatever it costs to rent so i recommend that one a lot i think everyone in it is amazing the script and the every the story is great and then you also just have this beautiful sumptuous like color scheme it's all very like girly and fairy tale and and just that at juxtaposition with the story itself and I just think it's a 
marvel to watch and i can't wait to watch it again yes i mean i've been a huge fan of carrie mulligan since an education which was Mm. a while ago Mm -hmm. and also bo burnham is in it and i've Mm -hmm. loved bo burnham since i was like in middle school it just looks so good that i've heard nothing but wonderful things about the acting and people think that carrie mulligan is in the running for the oscar this year which is exciting because she's had a couple of good performances recently that haven't got her nominations in like mudbound and um wildfire is that what that's oh, called? Yeah, the one yeah. with Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I'm excited. It's weird this year because obviously you have all the streamers who are like pushing out their content mm-hmm. on Amazon and Apple and, you know, whatever. But then these other studios that are still releasing things in theaters, but then like also on VOD. I don't know. Yeah. It's just such a weird dynamic it's hard to keep track of all of the timelines like i sort of have a document on my computer that's like the movies that i want to watch but it's hard to know like when like the date that they're coming out is like what is that like is that in theaters only in two places is that everywhere in theaters is that on vod is that on a streaming platform like it's so weirdly convoluted and I feel like, especially with Promising Young Woman, like I think it was at Sundance or something last yeah. year, a bunch of people saw it and then we're just like waiting and waiting and waiting <laughs> to see it. So I can't wait. But yes, it's been a little, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Well, it seems like you are waiting. So like, <laughs> what's yes. your excuse? <laughs> I know. Um, well, I guess I could go see it in theaters down here, but you know, like COVID is still <laughs> a thing. So I know, I know. I don't we did know. the thing where we went to an empty screening. And, right. Uh, yes. Maybe I'll sense. try to maybe I'll try to the the other issue is that the movie theater that I was going to things this summer uh shut down. So oh, RIP. Because it's a regal. So no, I, I, I now I have to figure out how to like to wait, I yeah. think I'm gonna have to make my sister go with me because I need a car because I can't bike there. It's like <laughs> t- ten miles away to the nearest theater. <laughs> Anyways. Crazy um moving on to more things that we covered did you watch any of the stuff that we already did previous episodes on like did you watch the prom or hillbilly elegy i watched the prom (laughs) what were your thoughts on that um well hillbilly elegy was terrible so yeah (laughs) the prom was like bad and i really had so many questions just about why and how and what were they thinking but I already forgot almost everything about that movie. So I don't really have strong thoughts, except that Nicole Kidman deserves better. And I I enjoyed her in the movie as far as she was in it. But it was still just a mess. And I felt like it was way too long. Like, I understand Broadway shows are long, but this movie felt really long (laughs) it's like who does ryan murphy have tied up in (laughs) his basement that he can blackmail all of these people to be in a movie that is not great and then also they have to spend time with james corden which just feels like the (laughs) ultimate loss with an american accent which i guess he does or no he has he done one before because i'm sure he has british in oceans eight wasn't he I can't remember. I don't know. Was he British in Cats? Was everybody British in Cats? <laughs> yeah, everyone was. Remember Taylor Swift had to sing chances? Oh, yes. Yeah. Chances. <laughs> yes, chances. Um, but no, that was uh, that was just something we threw on and really just hate watched and it, we riffed on it the whole time. But Did I, you watch Mank? 
No. That LOL. was a purposeful choice as well. I really just, you really managed to utilize your time to watch things that I would never want to watch. So good for you. I mean, there wasn't that many good options <laughs> available to me. It was sort of like, right. what is Netflix shelling out this week? That's what we've got. Um, speaking of an, another Netflix movie that I felt like m- maybe was in your wheelhouse, did you see The Midnight Sky, the George Clooney like outer space disaster okay, movie? So on our book episode, I mentioned the book that inspired that movie as one of my favorites oh. I read. And so okay. when I heard there was a Netflix movie, I was like, oh, cool. Was the book called The Midnight Sky? No, or did it, it was called Good Morning Midnight, I think. Okay. And then the movie came out and my father-in-law started watching it. And I was like, wow, this does not, <laughs> this does not feel right. I remember this book very clearly and <laughs> I'm very defensive of it. And so I read spoilers and realized they took some very Hollywood liberties with the story. And um, the thing I loved about the book was just how thoughtful it was and how unbased in action it was. But this really added some elements to it that I was like, mm, I don't really want to sit through that right now. So I didn't. <laughs> was the so this is George Clooney like yeah. he it's uh, it's like the sort of the world is ending and he is like the last man left uh, on Earth who's still alive. And By there's like rich. Yeah. Yes. Radiation poisoning everywhere. He's like up in the Arctic somewhere. Mm-hmm. And there is this spaceship coming back from like a moon of jupiter that is livable and he's trying to get word to them on this like busted satellite that they should turn around and go back to jupiter and start a new life there because earth everyone has died like while they're gone yeah it makes me angry so what like yeah what was the what was the basic plot of the book i mean it's it's similar it's the idea is there's this grumpy researcher everyone else leaves because there's some unknown disaster happening and so they go back to their families and whatever and then suddenly all contact just dies and he has no idea what's happening except that no one seems to be responding and so he does go to find this larger radio to see if he can contact anyone and in this journey he ultimately does make contact with this spaceship that's coming back to earth but they're not coming back from some livable colony like they're also in space wondering what's happened to earth and wondering what they're about to return to and if it's worth returning or do they just spend their days on this spaceship and so it's all very depressing Depressing. Ah. And not like, and it's not like about like, let's survive. You know, it's more like, wow, what is the meaning of life <laughs> type thing? You know, what is a truly terrible movie that I think about way too often is that movie <laughs> with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence passengers oh, where they yes. like are in outer Awful, space and they just truly. have to decide like, well, we're just going to live the rest of our life on this on this spaceship and like yeah. do the best we can because Chris Pratt woke her up selfishly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I watched that recently for the first time and I just hated it. But oh, yeah, that's yeah. like the an, an anti Shelby movie. Yeah. Everything I hate. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I uh, I took a moral stance against watching the George Clooney one. But I think most people didn't like it. So I feel okay about it. Yeah, it was kind of long and dull. Like it wasn't, it just didn't do anything that I hadn't really seen before. Right. Um, so it was very much like, okay. 
Yeah. Were there any other movies that you were a big fan of? Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys ever talked about it, but we watched Soul, obviously, the Pixar movie. Oh, yes. Um, I watched that, too. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast at all, though. Yeah. I mean, this has been another one that was pushed back because of COVID, but ultimately Disney Plus released it on their streaming service. And it was it was good. I mean, it. I think Inside Out is better, and it got a lot of comparisons to that just because it features a similar... I mean, it's like they have these sort of cartoonish characters that you follow for part of the movie. And I think that's where the comparison comes from. And it's mm-hmm. all about like your inner feelings and motivations and your spark or whatever. Um, but it was beautifully animated. And I think that's always the most stunning part of Pixar movies is just like the care they put into it. And just there's like a montage scene towards the end of it. And it like features a wave crashing over this man's feet. And I was just like in awe of these little details that are just like gorgeous to look at. And um, I think the story was really sweet and timely where it's like this man's obsessed with becoming a jazz uh, musician and thinks that's what he's been put on earth to do. And the whole idea is he goes, he accidentally dies and is, kind of sneaks back into the pre the pre-earth sort of existence i don't remember what they call it (laughs) um but like before these souls go down and find bodies and like live their lives they have to find the spark the reason they want to you know live or whatever whatever Mm -hmm. sparks joy and i like that ultimately it wasn't a lesson of like yeah you're here to do one thing but more like oh that's just something that'll help drive you along so i thought it was a sweet movie it wasn't like an all-time favorite pixar for me but it was it was enjoyable did you like yeah, that? I had a sort of a similar feeling too, where like I thought it was good when I was watching it, but I feel like it sort of left my brain a lot afterwards. Uh-huh. Like I, like even as you were describing it, I was sort of like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah. Like it was fine. I also felt like it was, it felt like it was stealing from Inside Out. Mm-hmm. There was the relationship between the main character and um the Tina Fey sort of character felt very similar to me as the relationship in the like set in the Wreck-It Ralph movies with the mm. Sarah Silverman kind of character. So I don't know. It just, it felt like it was taking things from a bunch of other movies and kind of like smushing them together in yeah. a way that sort of worked, but I didn't find it as original as some of the Pixar movies that I have liked better. And I think this is a hot take, but I honestly liked Onward a lot (laughs) more than Soul. And I feel like Onward has stuck with me. Like I felt more in Onward and it stuck with me more. I felt like it was a a more like, I don't know, like it was a more unique concept, if you will. I don't know. So well, I, think, I liked Soul, but yeah. wasn't my favorite thing in the world. I think one really cool thing they did was just a lot of like black culture and obviously a lot of mm-hmm. jazz music. Like, you know, <laughs> La La Land would have you believe jazz is the <laughs> is the land yes. of white men. But yes. it's really a black a black culture thing. And it was great to see that and just the the way they were able to animate the music itself and and then just like little things like that were nice. But there was criticism too of the Tina Fey character and there's like a body swapping and chapter in it and it was all like I don't know it was sort of like Rob described it as an extended short which I think is kind Mm -hmm. of the vibe of it where it's just like a very simple story that they just uh wrote out for an hour and a half and it was it was good yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was okay. It was whatever. Um, something that I watched that just recently that I really, really loved that came out this summer was the, and it's on HBO Max. It's the Spike Lee record, like directed recording of the Broadway show, David Byrne's American Utopia. Oh. So David Byrne is a musician who is a part of the group, the Talking Heads, which I like don't know, don't care about, never heard of them, whatever. This was a show that was on Broadway, which is basically kind of like a concert type film. Uh-huh. Um, again, when it was out on Broadway, like I heard good things about it, but didn't really care to see it at all. Like I don't, I just had no interest. Mm-hmm. And but I had heard good things about this filmed version and people were sort of comparing it to like Hamilton because it's a similar style of you know like them filming a stage play and it was directed by the filming of the stage play was directed by Spike Lee and Mm. I thought okay Spike Lee's great like I love his work this is getting really good reviews like let me sort of put it on and watch it also I felt like it would be an easy thing to watch because it's just sort of like a concert and it was very fun and very entertaining and sort of like lighthearted but moving at the same time um i didn't really know any of the songs that were in it which were supposedly like his big hits except for one that was in a commercial for that movie <laughs> where um matt damon and everybody gets shrunk down remember that oh, movie a couple years ago yeah where like everybody shrinks or whatever right so but anyways, I didn't know the music, but basically it's him and these like 11 other people who are like singers or they play various instruments and they're all on stage like the entire time. The band is all like they're all hooked up to like mics that are on their back so everyone can kind of like move around mm-hmm. and just the choreography and the music and like the dancing and the people are dancing while they're playing these instruments and he's singing it. It was just a very kind of fun, enjoyable watch that if you are like working or cooking or something and sort of like want to have something on that's light and fun, um, I would definitely recommend it. And it's on HBO Max. Cool. So. Well, similarly, uh, high art, I watched Greenland, which is the Gerard oh. Butler disaster <laughs> flick. And I, you know, I love a silly disaster flick. And yes. I, I I think we talked about it as a trailer once. And it was sort of like the trailer's very explosion-y and like, oh, we've got to make it to the airplane and type thing. And so Rob's family and I, we just watched it expecting sort of like a like a laugh, like sort of a San Andreas twister vibey thing. But it was actually like surprisingly depressing, know, like thoughtful. Like it was more about the human element than like the explosions it was very much an anxiety inducing from the get-go it was like what would you do in this situation how would you survive in this sort of thing it wasn't like silly at all it was they took it very seriously and it was a very surprisingly high like stress film to watch and it was like emotional because it was all about this tension of this family just trying to like stay together as the world around them not only is being destroyed by asteroids but also humanity is just reacting violently and selfishly and and so it was a lot more about yeah just kind of this family who is faced with obstacles but it's just like oh that would be so sad that would be so hard what would you do like would you help them would you leave them would you trust them type thing and so I actually like recommend it for people who maybe don't always like disaster flicks but or think they're stupid because this is much more in the vein of like 
I don't know, kind of that like War of the Worlds type vibe than mm-hmm. something like Armageddon or the core you know what i mean <laughs> like it's a more let's call it highbrow uh disaster flick than the than the lowbrow version that i sometimes trump here i did love war of the worlds when i watched that yeah um but i don't know how much <laughs> it was like it was surprisingly like wait this isn't it's not necessarily a fun watch like instantly we were like oh my gosh like this is dark this is sad like what would you do how would you handle this type thing it was was high anxiety for sure uh a movie not high anxiety which i (laughs) came to i i I don't know why it took me so long to watch this but me and my family we watched adam sandler's murder mystery and obsessed so fun so funny and i was like had to come to a point with myself where I was like, am I an Adam Sandler fan? Ew, okay. And I think I might be because Murder Mystery was so much fun. Jennifer Aniston was great in it. I don't know. Like that and Hubie Halloween really are like a one-two punch for me. I'm excited to see what happens <laughs> next. And I did enjoy Jack and Jill, which I think is oh the worst gosh. Adam Sandler movie. But that oh was, you dear. know, years ago. So I think I'm well, in the tank yikes. for Adam Sandler. I was going to ask, to say. Um, we watched Freaky which is that body swap horror film with, um, oh my gosh, I just forgot his name. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Uh, did you ever get around to this? No, I, that's another one of those ones that's like on my list, but it's uh, it's it? also like was in theaters and now it's yeah. like VOD, but it's not on any of the streaming services. And I haven't, I haven't got it. Also, my family doesn't really do horror movies. And I know oh, this is sort of horror comedy. Gosh. It was... But- I can't wait. Disgusting. Like the deaths in this are just. Oh, is it? Uh, Yeah. Well, now I'm even more into it. It Mm. was like, oh my gosh. I closed my eyes. Every time I knew someone was about to die, I just closed my eyes because I knew it was going to be gruesome and graphic. And it was. And it and it starts off with quite a bang. Let's just say that it was just so unexpected. And I'm sorry if I make it more expected now, but it was frankly just stuff I would talk to my I therapist mean, about, honestly. I, <laughs> I I feel like I haven't... I'm looking at my list of movies, and I don't have a good horror film this year, really. So I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know if it would like stand up. Like I think ultimately the story itself, like struggles, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't as fun as I thought it would be, but um the deaths themselves were a surprising tone shift for me <laughs> going i also that. i also rewatched ready or not and i'll say <laughs> holds up i stand by all my opinions on how good ready or not is okay okay well, better than parasite other, i'll uh, say any other movies um, or should we move into tv i mean i have a lot of oh. other things that i saw but do i really necessarily want to talk about any of them <laughs> not i'm trying to think uh look down the list I feel like I ended up watching a lot of stuff that's sort of like lighter, more fun stuff. So like if you're in the mood for that, like the personal history of David Copperfield was good. Let Them All Talk, which is like the Meryl Streep and Friends on a cruise ship was fun. Um, On the Rocks was good, which is like um, Bill Murray and Rashida Jones, like driving around and hanging out at bars in New York. But Mm. yeah, I think I think I'm good with movies. (laughs) Let's move on to TV. What do you got? Okay, I'm excited to do this because I just finished binging the much talked about Bridgerton. Um, oh, which I haven't the... watched at all. <laughs> yeah, it's the Shonda Rhimes Netflix show. She has like a, a 
a contract with them now, so we can expect more to come. But it's basically like Gossip Girl set in Regency era England. Um, so very much Jane Austen-y, but with an added wrinkle of of like colorblind casting where black people have <laughs> rights in this version of England and in fact Love some to see power. It. And so it is also very, very like sexy. Like there's a lot of sex. Like it's like I know how many episodes is it? It's eight. So it's like a man. Oh, that's not even that many. I could do eight episodes of sexy, (laughs) sexy uh, Jane Austen. Okay. I found it like fun. Like I'm a very Jane Austen person. And so it was nice to like go back into that world of like proper English accents and and longing stares across the parlor room and stuff like that. And the costumes and the sets were all gorgeous. But I will say it was interesting with this colorblind casting because in one way it works really well where you're just like this is a way to handle historical stories like this because everyone's like mm-hmm. oh it takes place in this era like what do you want from me and I think it wasn't distracting at all it was very much just like from the get-go it was just like oh a black people are equal like you know it was like this mm-hmm. is fine and I think it worked really well um but it was still a story that was so totally centered on this white woman complaining about her problems to black people who also still had it worse than her if we're being honest and like counting <laughs> counting marks in this show so there were like problems but I think it was still just kind of a it was just kind of like fun it was silly it's not really like impactful like I, I forgot half the characters names I don't remember all the storylines but it's like it was fun and I think there was good there was enough good in it that like it feels like it's it's a it's a step forward still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's honestly what we're looking for these days. It's yeah. fun. We want like Emily in Paris kind of vibes. Like, that's what I'm I'm not looking for I something too heavy. better than Emily in Paris. Well, I, is anything better than Emily in Paris? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I will also say, though, that the um, personal history of David Copperfield also uses the colorblind right, casting. Yes. And yeah, I, it worked great in both of them. Um, yeah. I'm sure that like my like great aunt would be like this is confusing but i feel like to most people like you you catch on very quickly and it is not an issue 10 minutes into the movie and if they keep (laughs) doing this then it's like yeah it'll it's no problem whatsoever so i think works great keep it up (laughs) the version of like light fluffy show that i have been watching which i'm not quite finished with yet is the flight attendant on Mm, hbo max mm -hmm. Which is also sort of like a fizzy, soapy drama where Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory, who I was like, I don't know, never had really any thoughts on. Mm -hmm. But she's very funny and very good in this, I think, uh, is a flight attendant. She sleeps with somebody who's on the plane, which you're not supposed to do. She's also an alcoholic and wakes up the next morning in bed with the guy from the plane. But he is dead and she's trying to, like, cover up the well she she doesn't think that she killed him but she's not sure because she can't remember trying to cover it up trying to get back on the plane trying to like mm-hmm. flee the country but also the police are sort of after her but also she's trying to figure out who actually did it and it's just like lots of fun sets she has a bunch of great coats and hair and the <laughs> rest of the cast is really funny um rosie perez is in it uh, Zoya Mamet from Girls is in it. It's just, it's a fun ride. And also, again, I think it's only eight episodes. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for something kind of boppy, that's a good the one. I pilot. It was good. Yeah. I haven't gotten around yeah. to the rest of it, but but my brother-in-law well, really loved it. <laughs> once you finish Bridgerton, you can 
Um, I also found a show right in my wheelhouse called The Wilds, which is an Amazon Prime original. Um, I heard this was bad. Yeah. So this is this is pitched as a Lord of the Flies with girls. That's sort of like, um, oh man, what is that? Jim Carrey, everyone's watching him. Movie. Truman Show. Truman Show. And so basically the premise is these like seven teenagers are on their way to a sort of feminist retreat and crash land on an island and just have to survive both the wild and each other. And this is very like... But it's a reality show? <laughs> well, it turns out like... And this isn't really a spoiler because it's, it's in the description if you Google it. But the, the it turns out to be like a social experiment that's being run by this... Uh, so group. it's like the even stevens movie it's exactly <laughs> the even stevens movie yeah no that's a better that's a better comp you're right so this is the even stevens movie but featuring only girls and okay. they are all very 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 dramatic teenagers it is a lot it is a lot of like feelings <laughs> like it's a lot of of annoying characters let's just be honest and the more you get into this like premise, like the more every episode reveals, you're just like, what is the thought here? Because it turns out like the lady who's running the experiment wants to like prove that women are better at leading than men. <laughs> and that's like her that's like her thesis is that she's going to prove that somehow. And so somehow like it feels weird because it makes it makes feminism sort of the um the villain of the show because you're not rooting for her because she's crazy she's a cuckoo bird and she is clearly like losing control of the experiment because you can't control seven girls on an island with you know natural disasters galore and so it was definitely like dumb but it was like pleasant I mean, it was like fun to watch. It was like entertaining enough. And it was nice to see all these different girls with all their different worries and troubles and problems and personalities and, and <laughs> what aspects. is this on? It's an Amazon prime. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And it got renewed for a second season. I mean, I don't think they're known for their original content really. So it's not necessarily they're not really known for anything. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like it was definitely more disappointing like i wish they'd done a lot a lot different but it was Do you still watch dickinson i tried to i watched like two episodes i think because i've heard that's bad like good and that's on apple plus mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. also i feel like more maybe more in like a bridgerton kind of vein where it's like yeah sat in an older time but like i don't know it was like more hip or something i don't know i haven't seen it um okay my one recommendation like if if we take anything from this entire episode it is this this is my this is the recommendation of the year for me like of this like last four months the netflix reality show blown away which is a glass blowing competition show have you watched this shelby no this is like old right like it's not new yes no it's not new but i just stumbled upon it Mm -hmm. and it's like 10 glass blowers who are competing against each other each week they have some kind of weird prompt where it's like oh we're making lamps we're doing you know like you have to make a cup or whatever out of glass and they all compete and the whoever has the worst one goes home each week and so you know they whittle it down until there's only one person left so it's like a very classic reality show the episodes are only 20 minutes each so it's very quick i binged the entire season 
like back to back to back in an evening, which I never do. I never do that. But it was just so entrancing to watch these people make this stuff out of glass. It's so beautiful. It's so cool. I knew nothing about glass blowing. They're like, uh, you know, things shatter every five minutes. So it's like someone can think they have a really great thing and then it breaks. It's such a high drama. And as you can imagine, people who are very good at glass blowing are sort of weird people. <laughs> so all of the contestants are just like fascinating to watch. Like there's this guy whose like family is like glass blowing royalty in the Netherlands. There's this, you know, there's just all kinds of just wild characters and it is so much fun. There's only one season out, but the second season comes out in like two weeks. I cannot wait for it. And it was just such a joy to watch. And the people are funny and it's interesting and it's so fast paced because usually like the episode, would, if it was on network TV or something, would be 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so the first couple episodes do feel like a little bit rushed because you're watching 10 people make something in like a really short period of time. But once you get into the back half and there's like, you know, six, five, four people left, really a 20 minute episode is like the perfect length for it. And you get to know all of these characters and it's just uh, <laughs> such, such a joy. I and I feel things, like yeah. I feel like you would like it. I think that you would. It's it's the best kind of reality TV. I know you're not the first person to recommend it. I don't know why we haven't gotten around to it, but but I'll bookmark it. I'll add it to my list. OK, I hope <laughs> the second season is as good as the first season because yeah. it's it's just and the stuff that they have to make. Like, there's ones where it's like, okay, you have to make a lamp or whatever. But then one of them, they had to make, the prompt was like, you have to make something out of glass that's like a robot or something that they're going to (laughs) use, like, in the future. So it's like technology. And this woman made a, out of glass, something that she said would allow, like, men to become pregnant. It was like some kind of, like, (laughs) like, like glass, like, stomach that you would strap on. I, like, just, like, (laughs) like. Crazy things. And she made it out of glass. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, (laughs) very intriguing. So, Well, um, I know you guys covered Bachelorette, which I loved. I'm rooting for Tasha and Zach all the way. The most romantic proposal in the show history. I didn't bother listening to your episode because I couldn't take the hate. But... um, I said I liked it, Shelby. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. (laughs) I'm happy to hear that. So maybe go back and listen, huh? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but I'm happy that Bachelor has already started. Um, we're into week two by this time. And it's Matt James, who is not from Bachelor Nation. So it's really the first time they've gone out outside their Bachelor circle since, I don't know, like a decade ago, probably. And... Um, and so he's basically famous for being one of the contestants who I love, Tyler C., Tyler Cameron's best friend. And so they just they just decided to have him as the bachelor because he's he's black. And so he's the first black bachelor. And they decided this around the time of the Black Lives Matter movement. And so it's like, oh, they didn't they were always going to do it, they said. But <laughs> it did hmm. feel a little P.R.E. But he's he's been good so far. And I'm excited to see how the show goes. Um I always like Bachelorette more because I think male drama is so much like funnier because they're just so (laughs) testosterone heavy and like very much they're like commenting on each other's shirt sizes and stuff. And it's very funny to me. Um, So I always like Bachelorette a little bit more, but I'm excited to see how this one goes. Are you going to watch it? 
the episodes are so long and i just i don't have like there's not the motivation there usually i love reality tv and i get so excited like there's a new season (laughs) of drag race that's on right now and i'm loving it and although they're taking their sweet old time to get rid of anybody (laughs) it's been we're on to week three and everyone is still there i'm like we gotta cut people um but and like I love Survivor, love Big Brother, but for whatever reason, I think it's just like the epi- the length of those episodes is so long yeah. that I really have to sort of like hype myself up to watch it. <laughs> and then if I don't, like now I'm two weeks behind. So yeah. it's like now I have like four hours of The Bachelor <laughs> to watch and it just feels like a lot. So it I don't is. know. Okay. Maybe I'll watch it, but... Yeah. Maybe if they bring one of my faves back from the last <laughs> season, I'd be more in, intrigued. But yeah, no, that's true. That's hard to jump in again. Any other shows that you want to talk about? Um, no, honestly, I haven't been watching a lot of TV. Oh, I do have to admit, The Rookie <laughs> came back season season. Uh, oh my two, gosh, Shelby! No. Still watching that? Uh, <laughs> oh no, The Rookies in season two, and the other show that I still watch from our from our fall roundups is a million little things which is now in season three and it is is that the one where the guy jumps off the balcony (laughs) but i i can't not watch it i'm just obsessed i watched carol's second act through to the bitter (laughs) end but unfortunately they canceled that after one season so damn it and they'll renew the shows you care about so (sighs) meanwhile we i watched both seasons i watched the second season of the mandalorian terrible <laughs> terrible there's no plot there's no pl- every episode it every is, episode is like a little like mission off to beat a sn- snow snake or something on old western shows like that every show is meant to be okay a okay okay whatever and then and, and then and then everything the star wars has no new good ideas so it's like they give us crap and then they bring back oh, somebody no, at the end and salty. they're like surprise <laughs> Ugh, okay, well, let's go into the books because I don't know yes. if you heard, but last year I read quite a few. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my final number was 120 books, which I already know I will not be coming close to this year. But it was it was a fun year. It was a good good time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's insane! I felt very proud of myself, and I read 35. So no, no, that's still good. You know. We're on, we're on different, it's, it's like a pro (laughs) competing with a rookie at this point. Um, one book that I, I wasn't sure if you had read this or not, but did you ever read Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney? No. What would have driven me to do that? I don't know. I, I remember you hated normal people, which you shouldn't have because it's a great book, Mm -hmm. but I read her first book and I thought that maybe you had read that one first or something and then, and liked it and then hated normal people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No. I didn't think it was as good as normal people, oh, but okay. I, th- well, I know I some people like it a lot more. <laughs> so I don't know. It's a, yeah. it's a very different vibe. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. For sure. I wanted to get your opinion, but <laughs> since you didn't read it, your opinion means nothing. Yeah, um, um, I'll probably avoid that one. Um, but I did read your, I did look at your whole year roundup and it seemed like you didn't love a lot of books. Is that a fair assessment? Like, did you, did you love like just your top five, your top 10? Like, what would you say? I would say, I mean, I'm I'm trying to remember what was in there. I feel like I really enjoyed probably, I don't know, like half of them that mm-hmm. I read. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
And I mean, not to say that the other ones didn't have parts of them that I didn't like, but yeah, there were definitely books. I would say my top 10 were all books that I really enjoyed and would recommend to people. Um, I can't remember exactly like what was in the top 10 and what wasn't, but, um, but the one book, which I said was one of my least favorites, like (laughs) second from the bottom was ready player two, which I think I also already talked about on this podcast. And then you sent me a text. It's like, I'm reading ready player two. And I was like, Shelby, this is literally ridiculous because you hated the first one so much, which I did love. And then I hated the second one. You're like, I'm going to read the second one. I was like, put this away. It's bad. You're not going to like it. I stopped it 12 pages in. I was like, thank "Thank you. Thank you for the permission um i know we did like a book roundup earlier in the year so i'm trying to remember which ones i recommended then but towards the end of the year like in december i read a couple books i really liked the first one was the invisible life of Addie larue by v schwab and it's a it's a story about this woman. oh yes i've seen that cover. yes it's very 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 popular right now um it took weeks for me to get it at the library <laughs> Mm. But it's about a woman who in the 1800s in France makes the deal with this devil where she she wants to be able to experience everything. And so he kind of tricks her into this into this wish where she gets to live forever, but no one will ever remember her. So anytime she meets someone's new, as soon as they like turn a corner, as soon as they look away, when they look back, they don't remember her. They have no memory of her. And so it's really just like this reflection of sort of a sad, lonely life and figuring out like what what the purpose is if you can't leave a mark on the world like what what is the point of being alive and um without relationships without any sort of anything to to leave behind you and i thought it was a really beautiful read it was also you know pretty light and um and kind of easy to get into because it's the premise makes it a very pop fictiony style uh book and um I I thought it was a lot of fun and like very thoughtful and interesting in the way that it kind of uh, twists and turns works well. And then um, I also read The Midnight Library, uh, which is another 2020 release, and it's by Matt Haig. And um, oh, is, I've I've wanted to read this yes, too. It's very good. I really liked it. It's about this woman who commits suicide and then finds herself in this sort of library in this like afterlife where she can relive her lives if she'd made different choices so like just countless opportunities to retry and just kind of sussing out what where she went wrong and how her life could have been better and it was also a very good read and very fast and easy to kind of get into and enjoy and walk away feeling good about yourself so those are two good ones that I'd recommend are you feeling like weird about your life choices or something that you're reading all no. of these books about like, it's what does my really life mean just, anymore? It's really just because the they were really backed up at the library. So they mm. finally came through on my, on my holds list. It's, it's totally circumstantial that I got them at the same time. Well, my December was mostly spent reading the Obama memoir, mm-hmm. which was amazing, but I'm also sure is has a much even longer list <laughs> yeah. uh, at the library yeah. hold. I know. I've just got to invest in books again, but... Uh, I mean, this book, if there was ever a book to read on your Kindle, it was this one. It was so <laughs> heavy. I couldn't, I couldn't read it anywhere unless I was like sitting on the couch <laughs> just because it, my arms would hurt. Like the, I'm not strong enough. Yeah. It was like 800 pages. There's two photo inserts. It was, <laughs> it was long and very big, but also 
very wonderful. And Obama is very snarky. Let me tell you, like yeah. he's describing people and I'm like, I think we'd be friends, Brock. Like this is uh, a... <laughs> Like, you are also just, like, skewering people. And also, he swears a lot in the book, which was fun, too. edgy Obama. It was kind of a cool thing because, obviously, I was alive when Obama was president, but I was, like, in high school when all of that started. So... There was lots of things like I remember, like I remember the BP oil spill, but mm. I don't like have really any strong right. like recollections of like what happened or how it was solved or why it, you know, anything like that. So it was kind of cool to read through this like big chunk of my life and get like more historical context for everything. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought I would like it, but I ended up liking it a lot more than I even thought I was going to. So if you have just loads of time and $45 to throw away, you can buy the Obama book. I just worry it'll make me sad about where we are as a country now, you know? I mean, Shelby, <laughs> we are hopefully making a turn, you know? I yeah. th- 2021, baby, it's uh, right. only good things happening this year. <laughs> oh, uh, off to a rocky start. <laughs> but maybe we'll, we'll turn around yeah. there. Maybe February. Maybe yeah. February. February is <laughs> yeah, where it really, it's really, it's really going to turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, I have no idea um, what we're going to be talking about next week, um, which I guess is just the usual nowadays. Uh, we're coming on a year of this life. but I mean, I put together a schedule of some variety, oh so I can't remember what I penciled in there, but I'm sure yeah. Shelby will d- dislike it and try to change it. So we shall see. <laughs> Maybe you can watch Bridgerton and then we can do a whole episode on that. I, I kind of thoughts. do want to do an episode on Bridgerton. Also, I feel like our episodes on The Queen's Gambit and... Um, Emily in Paris. Like, I, I think that that's a good format for us of like not trying to watch it right away, but sort of coming mm. to it a couple of weeks later. Cause Strategy. then I noticed that, <laughs> well, I noticed that we got some good download numbers on that because I think everyone else was sort of in the same place. Well, perfect. Let's, let's do that then. Uh, so, people well, yeah. let <laughs> me look what's decide. on the schedule. I might have an obscure French film I'd like to right, cover of instead. Course, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what, what happens there, but you can see sort of find us on social media i don't know matt's been in charge has he been active it's it like maybe he realized how much work it is and just decided not to look but. i have a lot of other <laughs> things going on yeah, i'm yeah. very busy yeah, very popular um, yes but we're ps you're wrong on instagram and uh twitter and technically facebook and you can email oh, us oh yeah at we're PS not doing a damn thing on facebook.com um Maybe maybe we'll finally get a merch account. I don't know. Uh, it depends how bored I am at home. Yeah, yeah. Shelby does not have time to <laughs> do the social media, but she does have time to work on <laughs> a merch line for us. Which who is Isn't asking for this? No one. I think we've got. We'll see. Email us at pzwrong at gmail dot com and let me know what you'd like to uh, to purchase. Mark I don't even watch pisser, a merch line. <laughs> I'm not yeah. wearing anything that says pisser yeah. on it. No, thank you. <laughs> we'll okay. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Um, I, I don't even know. Bye. <laughs>